What if you could have the marriage that you wanted? I mean, like, what if you could have that marriage that you want? Not the marriage of that right there, or when you're saying I do, that marriage that you're thinking about, you're expecting, you're hoping and dreaming about, that you really, really want. Not that marriage, but the marriage about, you know, six months, a year, a couple years, maybe 10 years into it. That marriage. You know, when you realize, oh, there's some things that I don't like about you that could be, if they were different, could make us so much happier, us, but really me, right? I mean, if you could have that marriage that has the list of X, Y, Z, the things that if they, these, this person just changed these things, and this would be the marriage that I really want, the marriage that really makes me happy. Then you go into that compatibility argument. You kind of have those thoughts of, maybe we're not compatible. It was fine on our first date getting coffee, you know. I mean, it was fine for a few months, and then we start learning about each other and realize, you know, maybe our personalities don't match. Maybe we're not compatible. We don't like the same things. You like sleeping in. I like getting up early, those type things. We're just not compatible. We go down that, that route, right? See, here's what happens is we believe this idea that if we could have everything we want, like right now, if you're thinking those traits, those qualities, whatever it may be, that if you're thinking of those things, that if, if I could get this other person to just be that, we'd be so happy. Here's the problem with that. And this is for you, person that is married for a year or 40 years. This is for you, person that would like to get married one day. This is really helpful for you. This is for you, person that would like to get remarried one day. And uh, this is also for that person that never wants to get married, doesn't want to touch this marriage thing never wants to get married, I'm hoping that you can walk away with something that could help some people around you too. That you could actually encourage somebody maybe in this body, maybe someone at work. So this is for all of the above, okay? Now if you could have that ability to have just everything I want on my list, this person's gonna change to become this and this is gonna make me. Now, there's a problem with that thinking. There's a problem that makes that not really true. Here's the problem with it. A couple of problems. First of all, we just assume that if right now we had the magical ability to make this person all these things that we think will make us happy, that, that we want, that this is going to be the perfect marriage, the problem is we truly don't know what makes us happy. And you don't know all the things that will make you happy. Sure, there's a few things Maybe some surface level things, but the problem with that idea is that even if you had the power to make this person X, Y, Z, all those things you may have, you may still not be happy. I want you to just chew on that for a second, right? In conflict, we default to if that person this, right? When you have an argument, something slips. Well, if you were just fill in the blank. Like we think that if these things were happening, then man, we'd just be so happy. Well, actually, you may not know fully what you really need to be satisfied in that relationship or happy. Secondly, okay, and this is really important too, even if right now, married 40 years, you know, married 10 years, not married, thinking about marriage, right? You have your list of things like they did, right? If you can even get those things, you change. That may be good for a year or a couple of years. Tim Keller uh, wrote a book on marriage called The Meaning of Marriage. Can you advance that for me? Sorry. I guess it's not going to connect. Here we go. This is what he says. Marriage changes us. 
Having children changes us. A career switch changes us. Age changes us. On top of everything else, marriage brings out and reveals traits in you that were there all along, but were hidden from everyone, including you. But now they're all seen by your spouse. I mean, even if right now you got that perfect spouse, I mean, everything you have on your list right now to make you happy and less frustrated and less angry and all those different things. In a few years, you'd be different. When that job change happens, right, when the kids come along or the second kid or the fifth kid, whatever it may be, right, age is just going to change you. And so then, wait a second, you've got to be doing this all the time where this person changes all these different ways to make you happy. That's why this concept that if I just had my spouse do X, Y, Z or be this, this way, then this would be so great. I would be happy. You just chew on that. Maybe happen for a little while, then something would happen. That concept doesn't really work out in a marriage. And so my hope for you tonight is to give you a little bit different path, maybe. To help you deal with all those expectations, those frustrations that are very real. All those hopes and dreams that you had. Maybe when you saw that video of these two people standing at the altar, you thought about the day that you were there. And those hopes and dreams. And what do we do with all that when that's not happening and we're frustrated and anger or the job comes along, our kids come along, our problems come along, and it's full of frustration. I think there should be a better, there is a better path for that. And I really think that um, walking with Jesus and looking to Scripture and looking to what God can do in our relationship with Him, how that would affect those things. I think there's a better way, and I want to give you some hope tonight, okay? Let's read a couple passages of Scripture here. I'm going to kind of dig into this a little bit and then apply it to marriage, okay? This is Psalm 55, Verses 16 through 17, and I'm going to skip down to verse 22 there, okay? As for me, I call to God, and the Lord saves me. Evening, morning, noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. Cast your cares on the Lord, and he'll sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. I'm going to read that again. As for me, I call to God, and the Lord saves me. Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Here's the a, here's a truth about this passage. It's not David writing this. It's someone else. We're not sure who's writing this, but it's a moment of distress in this passage. Read the whole thing. It's about pretty intense. This moment of distress, he's saying this, and what he comes across and says is, he goes to God with this, right? And Cares, concerns, those worries, they're normal and expected. It's like when he writes about this, this is, this is like normal, okay? And I find it almost like um, odd for me that in moments of frustration, I, I feel like so offended, so surprised. Wait, what? I'm reacting this way? What? Instead of having this idea that these frustrations, these concerns that are deep inside of me, these worries, all these things that come together. Now, this is normal and expected. It's normal in any job situation, in any marriage, in any relationship, really in any part of life to have frustrations, that tension, the conflict. And yet we act sometimes like it's this alien that's invaded our body or part of our world, like we're so shocked. 
that this is hard or uncomfortable or frustrating, but this is normal and expected for life, okay? And secondly, as he talks about the situation, he looks at it like he goes to God for help, right? That God is actually supposed to be the most help in your life, that he's the strongest, the most able, the one who knows the most, the one who has the best ideas, that we should go to God for this situation, which is the regular expectation and frustrations and conflict in life, okay? So I rewrote the Bible for you. I rewrote that verse, okay? I rewrote the Bible for you here. I rewrote the verse. This is Nels' version. As for me, I tell myself, I got this, and I fail. Okay? In the morning... In the afternoon and at night, I stay silent in denial, and God doesn't hear me because I haven't said anything to him. That's me rewrite. I actually kind of want to rewrite the whole Bible this way. It would be very depressing, I know. Nobody would buy that book, but I just would love to, because that's just honest and real, folks. That's honest and real for my life. I mean, this is, my wife knows this about me. I'm just like a go, go, go. I got this. And that last kind of line just pierces my heart. You know, I stay silent in denial and God doesn't hear me because, I mean, I haven't said anything to him. And the writer of this psalm, which is about worship and about God and who he is and what he does and the moments of frustration and, 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 and the concern and all that that overtakes you is that he relies on God. And so in all the frustrations in my life, I typically default to silence. I typically default to not even talking to God, Right? And this is not how we're supposed to or experience God. It should be. These concerns are normal in my life. This, the rub I've got going on, this tension, and whatever the situation is, and he's my help, like my best help, instead of I'm not even talking to him about it, okay? This is what we do. Now, I know, understand that you're reading this, and you're like, well, this has nothing to do with marriage. This is not a marriage passage, this has not, doesn't say husbands or wives or anything like that. It has nothing to do with marriage. I actually think that the opposite, that this is actually a principle that will make you, your marriage better. And I think for those of you who aren't married or considering married one, marriage one day, this will help you have a better expectation for how to handle those expected frustrations and concerns that will come up, okay? So here's another passage about anxiety and talking to God about this. Here's a New Testament example. Uh, 1 Peter 5, 6 or 7 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. That feels good, right? To be lifted up by God. In verse 7, maybe you've heard this, maybe you quote this sometimes, you've heard this, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I'll read that again. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. That word, Anxiety or cares, this worry, this intense uh, desire, this, this intense burden that you carry, right? It's this conflict inside of you. It's, it, it, it's the troublesome things that are inside of us, okay? And that word cast there, nobody really uses the word cast unless you're going fishing, right? I cast out my line kind of thing. Right? Uh, that really breaks down to this idea of like, unloading, it's throwing, it's the Old Testament word is flinging, to throw, to put upon God these things. And I read that like that and it feels so good. I mean, take off 
all your concerns and cares and worries and put them on him because he cares for you. Okay, here, here's this truth here. We're supposed to be going to God. Like, we're supposed to be going to God. We're supposed to be, I use the word upload because that's a word we use. Take all that stuff I got going on inside of me and upload it to him. I like the kind of play on words here of this verse that we have cares we're supposed to cast upon him, but he cares for us, meaning like his burden, his concern is you. For a moment, think about that worry you've got going on about X, Y, Z, whatever it may be. That like intense concern, worry, maybe the anxiety, anxious about these different things. Now, take that and consider that like that's God, that's you for God. He's so concerned about you. Are you hearing me tonight? Like, this is what his burden is, is you. He cares for you. You are his concern. This is the relationship that we should be having walking with God. Um, I know for me, I wasn't raised in church. and didn't come into the church until I was 15. And before that, I just did not understand that. This is maybe a no-brainer for you, but I, this is so foreign to me that someone would care so much about me, that, that I would be the concern of someone else in this way, and that going to God should just be a normal, having help should be a normal, expected thing. It just wasn't there. I know you're saying, again, this isn't about marriage. I mean, how does this work out? Well, here's the truth of it, you know, in that frustration of uh, your relationship maybe, or maybe you've heard people be frustrated and they talk about these different things, you know, I, you know, I don't need God's help. I just need so my spouse to maybe earn more money, you know, get a job, you know. I mean, I, I don't need God's help. I, I just need my spouse to pay attention to me. I mean, I don't need God. I just need a compliment every now and then, you know. That will help the situation, you know. We have these things of like, okay, if this was happening, then this would be fixing this situation. And it, the, this is so hard to swallow and for sure, some things that the other person changed and made life, make life easier and there'd be less frustration. I get it. But f frankly, it's deep inside of us, these things. It's a heart issue. These hopes, uh, these dreams, maybe came from your family of origin. This is how you saw family growing up. This is how you saw parenting, right? This is how you saw marriage, husband, wife stuff. Okay, I'm going to just have that inside of me. And so this is what we expect for the roles and all those kind of things. And we just bring that into our marriage. Maybe it's like you thinking of marriage. Finally, I'm going to be happy. It's going to meet my other things that have been lacking in my life, these frustrations. And didn't, again, if you're not married, you're thinking about marriage, just so you know, you bring all that right into your marriage. Okay, I don't say that whenever I do weddings and preach at weddings, you know. But you bring all that right in there, right? This is a heart issue, church. And as a spouse, it's so easy to download our frustrations onto our spouse instead of uploading them to God. It is so easy to go straight to download mode, right? Straight to it. It's all inside of here. Go straight to download mode, especially in those moments of anger and you, something slips. You say something insulting and all those things, right? We go into download mode instead of before that moment, to upload. Because before 
you are a spouse. Before I'm a spouse, I'm his child. And that's why it's so powerful, this Christian view of marriage, to recognize that you have a helper. Okay? It's not all on your spouse. You've got a helper. To recognize that you don't know everything that's going to make you happy, but God does. So going to him, he's going to help you with that. He's the source. He's the answer. He's your best help. Not changing your spouse, right? Not unloading, downloading on your spouse, right? You are his child first. But I wish it was so easy to consider this truth that what we're supposed to be doing with all those expectations, all those frustrations, is to actually trust God with all of our hopes and desires and dreams. We're really trusting and putting it on this marriage to be that for us, to be our answer, to fix it for us, to help us. But that's actually not, not only is it practical or realistic, but it's not really how God designed it. Listen, God always wants to be your, your hope and your help. God doesn't want anyone to ever replace that role in your life. He's the best help for you and the best hope for you. So what do you do when you're exhausted in this marriage? What do you do after six months of marriage you realize, uh-oh, he or she's not like what I was thinking. He or she does not make me happy, you know. What do you do after maybe even years of this, you're just like so exhausted and so tired? The first thing to do is to have a change of heart. The first thing to do is to upload. The first thing to do is to come to God and to look into these things and say, listen, I gotta trust you, God, with X, Y, Z. You know, we may complain to a friend. We may vent online. By the way, don't ever do that, right? You vent, you vent online, it's like the worst thing to do, okay? I've had to like unfollow people because they do that about their spouse. It's awful. Anyway, we do all these things, right? We're so mad and all this. And, I, and I'm like, man, have I taken all this to God? Here's what I learned in the uh, first kind of couple years of our marriage. I, I learned how much I put on my wife that I should have been going to God with. Boy. I wish I could have some of those days back, you know. I realized that all the stuff that was coming up inside of me, that I turned outward, I should have turned upward, you know. I also didn't understand, especially my first couple years of marriage, that there was so much inside of me that I was not aware of. There was so much inside of me that I was not aware of that no human could fix. I would look to things in my life to fix those things, whether it's a person or success or money, whatever those things may be, to make myself feel good or whatever. Not understanding this truth that all that's going on right now that you're learning about, first not to unload on her, but to upload to God. If I had spent the time, the minutes, the hours, you know, those moments, instead of in argument or in frustration, but to Take that to God. I want you to know God already knows what's in there. He's not surprised, okay? But I think he's ready for you to stop being silent about it, to stop being in denial about it, but to be able to talk to him about it. He wants to hear you talk about all those things. And so in a lot of the uh, blogs I read and from the counseling psychology where a lot of the articles I read, it's, it's a lot about connection and, commu and communication and working all your problems out. But I've just found this to be true that 
It's just not this, you get what you want and I get what I want and it works out, it's pretty good, right? Like at some point, I recognize that our hearts are so heavy. We have so many needs that no other person could fully meet those needs. And I know that it's the frustrations, the expectations, the concerns are regular and normal in our life. And we need to upload to God instead of uploading on our spouse. And if you're not married, I wish you would just remember that. Like it's going to happen. It's a really great illustration, and I'll kind of close with this, but it's a really great illustration that I heard one time that reveals really things about ourselves. You know, if, if you put a piece of sand in my eye, my eye's going to get red, I'm going to start crying, it's going to be frustrating to my eye. But, you know, if you put that piece of, piece of sand in an oyster, it's going to make a pearl out of it, right? Marriage is a lot that way. You're going to get into situations where you never even knew something inside of you. It's going to bring out, about, like Tim Keller said, bring about and out or up to the surface some things that you didn't even know that was there. And we tend to start blaming and getting frustrated with other people that have kind of brought that to the surface instead of recognizing those traits were always a part of ourselves. And that piece of sand, put it in my eye, and it's going to get all red. Put it in an oyster, it's going to turn into something beautiful. And so I recognize that in walking with God is this life of things coming to the surface that I want God to transform and heal in my heart so that I can make a pearl out of these things instead of destroying my life and those that I love around me. At the end of the day, the Christian view of marriage is walking with somebody for that one, five, 20, 50 years is supposed to bring you closer to him because ultimately all these things should point that you need a savior. There is no fixer to what's in my heart, only you. That's the work of Jesus, that I don't make it happen. He made it happen, and I get to experience it out of his grace. So if you're walking in your marriage and you're not bring, feel like you're drawing closer to Jesus, becoming more like him, there's something missing there. You're downloading too much instead of uploading to him. It's this beautiful hope in marriage that after 10 or 15 years of walking with this person, that I can know him more, and out of this, this thing isn't going to become this weight that drags me down, but it's this thing that lifts me up, and it's the work of God in our hearts to do that. It's not just figuring out the 50-50, you do this, I do this, and this will all work. I want to encourage you tonight, church, to talk to God. I know we encourage talking to each other, but you need to talk to God about these things, and I, I missed out on that. Just talk to God about all those things inside of you, because you know what? That's what God's here for. He cares so much about you because you are his concern. And he wants to help you. He wants that passage to be the normal about you. That in my distress, I call upon to him. Morning, afternoon, and evening, I call to you. I want this to be a part of my life. I want this to be the norm for you. That in your morning, in your afternoon, and in your evening, in your distress, you call upon him. And what does he do? He will help you. He will lift you up. He wants to hear these things from you. And God does a miracle in your life and your heart will change. Even if you could have all those things and the, the, the conflict you're having, all those things and change your spouse and all these different things, you still wouldn't be truly healed or satisfied. And just a few years later, it would change anyhow. 
So tonight, I'm going to have the worship team come back. And tonight, during our last few songs of worship, this is a really great moment for you to talk to God. And if you're not married, this is a really great moment to talk to God, okay, about those hopes and dreams you're putting on that person that doesn't even exist yet, maybe, you know, or maybe does exist, and they don't know that's what you're thinking, you know, to talk to God first, to literally upload from you to him and to trust that God is bringing about all these things in your life that you desire, but ultimately he knows what you need best and he is your ultimate hope. If you are married, this is a good moment in your heart to consider, Lord, am I becoming more like you? Is this marriage thing destroying me or is this marriage thing making me more like you? Am I making a pearl out of this thing or is it turning into a frustration that I can't? God, what are you doing here? God, could you help me? See? I want to remind you tonight that before you're a spouse, you are a child of God, and you have a helper tonight.